everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of History Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, the sad, sometimes, <laughs> Johnny Townsend, and with me is a spooky Arthur himself, Carter Johnson. Hello, hello. And the other person with us, to my metaphorical whatever direction you want to pick because he's not in the room with me chris chavez hola hola what's up guys it's a new week a new history creeps did i did i bum you out before we started recording are you sad you're just sad because of my my current creep or like what's going on man i don't like your your intro that you're sad the sad <laughs> clown so going on in the world today you know the only thing that'll probably pick me up is if a bunch of celebrities get together and sing a song <laughs> so. That's and also I'll just make dated references all episode. That's awesome. No. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Not too bad. That's good. That's good. Well, it's another week, guys, and of course, the people are clamoring and just need our current creeps. Do you guys have your current creeps ready to go? Got mine. I do. All right, Chris, go ahead and bum us out with yours. <laughs> Yeah, um, I decided it's just a sad story. <laughs> we decided we were I was going to go first because the story I brought um, it is it's it's sad. Uh, however, it's also kind of strange. Um, apparently in Alabama, this was on in March, March 24, uh, March 23rd, uh, Alabama, a mother and daughter died in, in car accidents uh, that day. Uh, however, it was in two different car accidents, 30 minutes apart. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this for you, and I promise I'm not going to do the voices. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, Derby. Uh, sorry, dear Derby. DeKalb County, Alabama. A mother and her daughter died in a separate car accident along an Alabama highway Tuesday afternoon, according to authorities. Investigators say the woman, identified as 39-year-old Julia Yates Patterson, died when the Ford Explorer she was driving collided head-on with a Dodge Ram truck. The fatal crash happened on Highway 117 around 3 p.m. Two people riding in the truck were hurt in the incident and taken to the hospital. A short time after that wreck, a vehicle hit and killed a child on a different stretch of the same highway. The child, who investigators identified as Patterson's daughter, died at the scene. Family members say the girl, Elizabeth Patterson, was eight years old. She went by Libby and had just celebrated her birthday last weekend. She was in second grade. It's not yet clear how the girl ended up on the highway that afternoon. According to the Times Free Press, Elizabeth had gotten off the school bus a few minutes before she was struck by the 2008 Ford Fiesta. While the police investigation continues, friends of the child's father, uh, Kevin Patterson, have arranged a fundraising account for him. Um, so if you're interested, I guess go check, look up Kevin Patterson. Uh, I'm assuming it's like GoFundMe, but that's kind of strange, right? Like the mother gets in this horrific car accident, dies instantly. Uh, and 30 minutes later, after this girl gets off her school bus, she gets hit and it's the, you know what I mean? Mother and daughter 30 minutes later. Like we've seen these weird little patterns. Um, yeah, that's just terrible. I feel bad for the family in general. Yeah. First thing I thought about, um, now it wasn't that quick in time, but when we uh, we did our first episode of That's Odd, I, I did the uh, the Hoover Dam. Um, yeah. The father and son both died. The, the weird thing there was it was 13 years apart on the exact same day, working on the exact same project. Uh, this, it's just kind of a strange thing that they were related and both died uh, 
in vehicle accidents, you know, on the exact same stretch of highway, 30 minutes apart. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really, it is really weird, but more than anything, it's just crazy tragic. Let me ask you, have you, yep. have you guys ever seen, um, what was that movie uh, where they escaped death? Final Destination. Final Destination. You've seen that? Yeah, I own all five of them. You have any? What are your thoughts on that idea that like maybe you, she would? I don't want to. It's kind of sad to say, but maybe like the daughter was destined to die with the mother, and but because they weren't in the same car together, you know what I mean? Like maybe it was this one little thing that at the beginning of their day uh, made the mother end up doing this, or that instead of her picking up the daughter, the daughter had to take the bus home. But they were supposed to be in the car together, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And death just made its way down the highway. After watching a couple Final Destination movies, you start <laughs> you start thinking of weird shit like that, yeah. weird <laughs> shit like that, right? But I think that's the yeah. weird, that's why we say it's weird because we see that and it's it's like it's it's, it's so weird. What are the chances, right? Like literally, what are the chances? Any of you mathematicians there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are that's the, what I'm going uh, for. What yeah, are the odds? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but geez. when they say when they say Johnny Towns and they say that guy's good at math. um no but that i it is it's a sad story and i don't want to bump people out but it's still a weird like one of those weird strange coincidences these these things that it's like really what are the chances right yeah it is very strange i think it's even more just a bummer because it was so recent it wasn't that long ago no but uh, you know guys it's okay i'll go next yes please (laughs) bring uh, bring us up here sad clown (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, all clowns are just sad underneath. It's, there's a lot of truth in that. That's a, yeah, that's so, just like Pennywise. Oh, yeah. Is that good or bad? I've never seen that. <laughs> no. I'm assuming it's bad. <laughs> we all float down here. And you'll float too. <laughs> all I know is he lives in like the sewer. I think. Yeah, kind of the Barrens. I should do. I should do side tangent. I should do. Uh, just four <laughs> movie reviews, just based on the poster and the movie, because I've never watched any of those. I was just, <laughs> just gonna say, you should do a podcast about movies you've never seen. Yeah, <laughs> not just, just make stuff just up. Just because, yeah, dude, we'll we'll have you on after dark, and anytime you come on after dark, that's the that's a segment you do. Okay, that sounds good. That'd be amazing. Awesome. All right, now bring <laughs> us. Tell us what what do you have for current creeps this week? Well, well, my current creep is like a current old creep. If that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, March 26th, so this a couple days ago, actually marked the 20-year anniversary of the Heaven's Gate suicide. Now, I was asking you guys, do you remember what, do you guys remember this happening? I remember it very well. Yeah, I remember. I sort of remember it. I do remember, um, because of how bizarre it was when they found all those people. Like, I remember the reports and thinking, what? And then when I found out the belief system and why they did it, it, it was it was so biz- It's one of those things so bizarre it ingrained itself in my head. And 20 years later, when you said that, everything came back. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say a lot because I feel this whole thing deserved its own episode oh, from yeah. us at one point. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but just to... Just the gist of it is what I remember really well is the news report where they went into the actual place where these uh-huh. people had committed suicide. And what they had done is they all were, were all laying in beds, bunk beds, I think. Yep. And they, and they were covered up. Like they had a blanket over their faces already, mm-hmm. but their feet were hanging out and they were all wearing Nikes or something like that. <laughs> they were all brand new Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that part I do remember. Yeah, it was, it was 39. It was. Marshall Herf Applewhite, 
He's this. If you look up the Heaven's Gate, you'll actually see his face. You'll, he's he's like this guy. He's a bald man. You'll see him. He'll pop up. Uh, he and thirty nine of his followers all committed suicide when the the Haley Bob comet passed by because their belief was there was a UFO or something in the comet in the tail. And, yeah, and by uh, killing themselves or as they put, I think they were put it. They were leaving their vessels. Mm-hmm. They would be transforming into their next stage, which would be on that UFO. For, yeah, technically. Yeah, I believe so. they. Be- I think they believe that there was a UFO uh, hidden within the tail of the comet, like it was trailing the yeah. comet. Uh, dude, that is that's definitely an episode. We have got to cover that. That's a that's such a bizarre story. Yeah, and what's even? Well, I don't know if this is even more bizarre, but what's sad is there's still the website is still ran today. Is it really? Oh, I got to look this up. Yeah, it really is. You can find their website. It's still being run today. And it's ran by former members of that group. Because not everybody in the group went through with this. Uh, It wasn't, you know, in a lot of these, I hate to say cults, but in a lot of these cults, like, they don't want you to leave. They're very much, if you leave, then bad things are going to happen or whatever. In this one, if you wanted to leave, you could leave. Like, they, they never would uh, do any of that kind of thing. So you're free to go or stay as you chose. And a lot of the former members uh, still kind of believe some of this stuff from what I understand. So Let me, let me tell you something. If you go to heavensgate.com, you're right. It's still being run, but it looks like it's, um, it's, it's old school. It's like a Yahoo yeah. page. Um, yeah, it still looks. It still looks. Like, it still looks like it was made twenty years ago. And that's the thing. That it, it is. I think that's the thing. It is the page from twenty years ago. And if you said it's just members running it, why are they running it? Because what what it's advertising is the the arrival of the Hailbop comet, and that this is the end. Hailbop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Like, so did they think that all those people that committed suicide went up? Well. Uh, I don't want to get too detailish, but I oh, think you're right. We have to. They, we got to cover this. They man. believed in reincarnation, and also, from what I understand, the, the the reason it's still being ran today is just more of a remembrance of all those people. Because these were uh, these the people who were running it knew all those people who committed suicide. They knew them all. Yeah, so, and it was actually they actually set it up where the person that found them. There's actually a famous. You can probably find it on YouTube or something. Uh, video clip where somebody called the police and you know they always record those 911 calls and it was the guy who found them all but he knew that they were going to be there because they told him they were going to do it interesting and so he said hey i want to report a mass suicide yeah so, dude we yeah, gotta really cover sad, this kind of interesting in a way we're definitely going to cover this because there's a lot well, to when, it when you cover it make sure you mention that they're basing their religion off of bad uh, 80s science fiction movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna we're, well, we're gonna cover it for history creep. So I think it's something we should all talk about. Like, it won't be one of our own topics. We sh- it should be a roundtable discussion. Yep. 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 Awesome. All right, Carter. Uh, I can't wait for yours. <laughs> Take us out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, mine is pulled off of uh, Huffington Post. Apparently, this happened in uh, in Idaho. Uh, it doesn't say where exactly in Idaho. Um, uh, Latta County. Okay, I don't know where that is. Um, an Idaho motor- motorist told the local sheriff's department that a, big- a Bigfoot sighting caused her to crash her car last Wednesday night. Uh, this happened about... Yeah, this happened last week. Uh, according to the radio, the local radio station, the woman who was not identified... 
told the sheriff's office that she saw a Sasquatch chasing a deer on a stretch of highway outside of town. She said the creature was shaggy and between seven and eight feet tall. And when she checked her mirrors to see the Bigfoot, uh, she hit the deer that the animal was chasing. Uh, the woman, the woman continued driving, picked up her husband from work and then drove to the sheriff's office to report the incident. Officers did not find any evidence of Bigfoot at the scene of the crash. <laughs> Talk about rubbernecking. No kidding. And look what happened. Look what happened. That is amazing. <laughs> did they happen to say how far um, away from the bar was this accident? <laughs> <laughs> how many oh, How many open bottles of, of alcohol were how many I, open containers? They wouldn't, even, they wouldn't even identify this lady for the article. So That's amazing. You know, that does kind of help her story a little bit, though, that she didn't want the publicity from it. <laughs> in, all fa- in all fairness to her. Oh, good God. No That's matter amazing. what. But if you see a Bigfoot, I mean, I would stop. Like, it, you know. Yeah, in all fairness, if I was. All, like, stop. In all fairness, if I was driving and I saw Bigfoot chasing a deer, I'd probably crash, too, to be fair. <laughs> Did they say how, how much damage was done to her car from this deer? No, they didn't. Oh, man. They didn't. Was the Bigfoot mad at her for doing his job? <laughs> hey, lady, that's you my know, dinner. Come back gotta, with it. You got to wonder. It's like, is he mad or is he kind of like, hey, she just took care of this for me. Not even. <laughs> like, it, it, now it, I don't even have to chase the deer anymore. Yeah, kind of saved him some leg work, really. Exactly. Think... Nice. Or some, some footwork. Yeah, some Bigfoot work. And what what there state was this in? What state? Oklahoma? Idaho. Oh, Idaho. Where the potatoes are. Those Idahoans. Where the potatoes are. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That that is amazing. Awesome, awesome current creep. I am ready. I am so ready for the topic. I did not do any research on this uh because I kinda wanted to come in, you know, with story time almost. I looked it up. What? I looked it up and I saw what it was about. Uh then I watched um a little historian video presentation on YouTube about it. And I was like, okay, this is, yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I actually handwritten have handwritten notes. So I went into this, you know, head first, <laughs> uh, you know, you guys, we've all heard of ghost ships. Yeah. They find all these uh, boats and stuff in the ocean, but nobody's on them. But have you heard of a ghost blimp? Not until a few days ago. All right, that's yeah, what we're going to talk about here. today. The ghost blimp. Uh, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to World War II. Uh, we all know how America kind of was brought into World War II when uh, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, during World War II, especially right after the Pearl Harbor tragedy, uh, Japanese submarines had been known to sink ships and stuff off the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Navy would actually use blimps to look for these subs. So that's where these blimps come in. That's why they were there. That's what they used them for. Did not know that. Yeah, so the, all this takes place on the California coast. The The actual day we're going to is is a Sunday, August 16th, 1942. And just so you all know, all my I got almost all my information. The source is from the Aviation History magazine. Nice. Yeah, I like to cite my sources. It wasn't Wikipedia. I like, uh, you know what I do like is that this has a really cool tie to a previous episode of History Creeps in which we covered um, 
the uh, Battle of L.A. when they thought they had the UF member that, and but it, the yes. reason was because be, uh, a few days before that, the Japanese submarines had bombarded that oil for refinery. Yep. So yeah, this is cool. I'm 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 down. Let's get into it. Yep. So the actual blimp is actually called a U.S. Navy L-8. It has on this blimp it has two 325 pound Mark 17 depth bombs. It has a 30 caliber machine gun and it has 300 rounds of ammunition. It has enough room for two crew members. And of course, all the stuff that you would need. It also has like smoke bombs or something like that. And that'll come into play here in a little bit. The the blimps were about the size of the Goodyear blimp. So if it gives you any idea how big these were. Mm -hmm. And like I said, each one had a two man crew. And this one was no different. Uh, Lieutenant Ernest uh, Cody, and then you had Ensign Charles Adams. Uh, both these guys were uh, veterans in the Navy. They had great service records, and they were all, and they were both married. Combined, they had over or close to three thousand hours of LTA flight time. LTA just means lighter than air, aka blimp would be one of those flight time. And what was even what I thought was even more interesting, really, was Ensign Adams. Uh, was actually given a medal by the by the government of Germany for helping rescue some of the people during the Hindenburg uh, disaster. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy and wild right there. It's a crazy combination. For, yeah, for listeners who might not know what the Hindenburg disaster is, you might have known. Uh, there's a very famous recording uh, in which the humanity. Yeah, have you guys ever listened to the recording? Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's incredible. Man. It's, it's incredible. It's very eerie. And to know that that's actually a, a time capsule of, of such an event that happened. You know what I mean? You can hear like the guys reporting on this thing coming in and here comes the blimp. And then all of a sudden, as as it starts to go to hell, like you can hear the fear and just the alarm in his voice. And then yeah. he realizes what's happening. Like he gets so overtaken. He's like, I got to I got to hold on for a second. It's crazy. Such a crazy. Cr- Check it out. Hindenburg disaster. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, there's a. No, it's all right. It's good job there. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was kind of another cool piece of history people should go check yeah. out if they've not heard or or know anything about it. Yeah, there's actual video of that too because it was being recorded. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. There is actual film. Of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really wicked to watch now, especially uh-huh. knowing that some people lost their lives due to this thing. But yeah. Anyway, going back to our blimp, uh, <laughs> this U.S. Navy uh, L-8, it was 150 foot lo- uh, feet long. It had 123,000 cubic feet of helium. That's what kept it in the air. It was actually known for being really uh, easy and amazing to fly. They, they considered it an amazing flyer. And this particular one actually passed inspection four days before uh, the mission that it was about to go on, which is important to know. Hmm. You can hear me turning paper because actually this is on uh, you know old school. I it, use my hand to write these notes. It's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> So what they would do is they would send these blimps out to look for Japanese submarines in the Pacific Ocean off the coast because they were sinking ships, like I said earlier. And they had all these things on them because once they spotted one, they would try to blow them up. So this particular one was supposed to fly uh, about a four-hour-long mission kind of all across... The main area was uh, San Francisco, kind of like in that area. 
and it was leaving from Treasure Island and it was supposed to return back to Treasure Island. And at around 6.03 a.m. is when it took off. There was supposedly there was good visibility, and but there was like a slight overcast in the weather. At 7.42 a.m., this is all in the morning, it was near some islands. And, of course, all these, uh, you know, all your airplanes and your blimps, especially for the Army or the Navy, had radios in them. This one was no exception. Uh, the crew radian, radioed in that they had actually spotted a suspicious oil slick in the ocean. Now, the reason that that's suspicious is because a lot of your submarines would emit oil that would float up to the top. So if you saw some, then maybe that's probably where a submarine was or had been underneath that. Mm -hmm. So once they saw this, they were going to investigate it because that's what their mission was. So they dropped two smoke bombs, which where those smoke bombs came in. And what this was is to indicate that they had spotted something suspicious and that any nearby uh, na uh, naval ships or whatever would know that they were, this, this, they were checking something out. There could be a possible submarine. And in fact, there was a nearby one there that saw the flares and actually had crew members manned at the guns ready to go in case it actually had saw something. But what was odd was that's all that kind of happened. The blimp ended up circling this area for like close to an hour. It never dropped anything else. Just looked like it kept going kind of get closer to the water to look and then go back up, but stayed in that same area and kept looking. There were more than just the naval ship was in the water. There was actually a couple other boats there too. And one of them was a trawler. And it actually was it actually got close enough that it could see the two crew members inside the the blimp. You could see them in the in there. Mm -hmm. No message actually had come from the blimp after that. So after 7.42 a.m., they never heard from the crew again. They couldn't reestablish contact with the crew either. So, of course, this is a red flag. And they sent out ships and stuff to try to find the blimp. At around 10.49 a.m., a Pan American Clipper pilot saw the blimp near the Golden Gate Bridge. And this is one of the things that's really odd about this. This this was all during the day in the morning. There's a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. it, this blimp was spotted constantly. At 11 a.m., it was seen again near uh, Salada Beach. Or Salada Beach. I always feel like I say that wrong. <laughs> and in all the reports, every time somebody spotted it, they said that the, it seemed fine. It, it didn't seem like anything was wrong with it. At 11.15 a.m., uh, the blimp neared shore of Ocean Beach and actually touched down on the beach for like a moment, a really small moment. Mm -hmm. And momentum pushed it to where it actually, actually hit the side of a hill, which bent the propellers and stuff and did some damage to it, but then it went back into the air. And actually, this is <laughs> – so it's, this is happening near San Francisco. There was a, There's a, a golf club there or golf course there. It's called the Olympic Club, and they actually had some golfers out there, and they saw this blimp just limping along as they're trying to play golf. <laughs> and there was a 17-year-old there, and he actually had binoculars, and he could look through those, and he said he spotted two figures still in it, and they seemed fine, he, despite this blimp seemed like it's kind of limping along by now. And this is where this gets even more odd. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is this? As this blimp nears Daly City, 
Daly City is like a suburb of San Francisco. It's about two blocks from there, actually. Sounds like a city from DC Comics. Yeah, it's D-A-L-Y, so I might be pronouncing it wrong, but that's what I feel it should be. No, I think it's, it's Daly City, yeah. So actually, so everybody's seeing this thing. The The local fire department and the local police are even starting to chase it. It's actually scraping rooftops and stuff in Daly City. And then 11.30 a.m. comes, and the blimp actually comes to a landing in the suburb in the middle of the, one of the streets there. It's in the middle of Bellevue Avenue. It slid into a utility pole, and that, that actually punctured the, the blimp for good, and that what made it start to deflate. Now, all these blimps, uh, you know, with the Hindenburg even, they were prone to uh, fires and explosions and stuff because of all the helium inside of them. And that's one of their main worries. So they were really concerned for the two-man crew inside, as you would think you would be, because if you see this blimp crashing, your first thought is, this thing's going to catch on fire or something. Yep. That's my first thought was the the puncture. I was like, how did it not explode? Like, how did it not just burst into flames? Again, go check out the Hindenburg footage, and you'll see what I mean. But It's It's full of helium, though, right? Yeah, right? But I guess it used to be hydrogen. That's what Hindenburg was filled with? Yeah, the Hindenburg was filled with hydrogen. But now this is helium? I think, didn't they switch it at some point due to the Hindenburg? Yeah, that's probably did, why, because yeah. the helium wouldn't burn. So does the helium not burn? It was. It still can. Apparently this one was still uh, could explode or something like that because they were yeah. very cautious about this. The fire department was especially. And they were really concerned for the two guys inside. They wanted to get him out as quick as they could. But this is where William Morris comes in. He was a firefighter, a volunteer firefighter, and he was the first one on the scene. And he actually ran in to help the two-man crew, but he didn't see anybody inside the cabin. That's all he, all he found was the cabin door was latched open, and these also had like a loudspeaker microphone kind of system inside it. And he said the microphone was actually hanging outside the door. That's creepy. Hmm. Then the rest of the fire department finally gets there, and they and they make sure everything's okay, and they quickly try to you know get to the cabin too, and they didn't find anybody in there. All they actually ever found was a hat. One of the one of the guys that left a hat in there. That's all they ever found of the two guys. There was a hat. Mm-hmm. When they were checking out the whole thing, the controls on the on the blimp were fine. Uh, the radio worked fine it had so it had all three parachutes inside it it had the life raft still inside it the engine seemed to be working fine it actually still had enough gas for another four hours of flight time and of course the big question here is what happened to these two guys now did they say what was wrong with it because if you look um like you said as it approached daily city so many people saw it that and people with cameras saw it as well and people were taking yeah. pictures of this thing so when they see this thing coming and it looks like it's dipping and you know it, obviously there's something wrong with it right like it wasn't yeah. like it was absolutely perfectly fine so something was but wrong. everybody it, it was at first these guys in there yeah, they kept seeing them. They were like, the actual crew members were spotted. Unless these two guys had, like, I don't know, somehow died. I don't think they were seen when they it was near Daly City. It was seen earlier, uh, uh, what, a couple right, hours yeah. earlier than that. Yeah, 
Um, it was seen by the people on the golf course. They were seen there, mm-hmm. but that was the last time they were actually seen inside the thing. Yeah. But then nobody actually really saw anything after that because it was hitting roofs and stuff. Now I don't uh, know. You know. I don't know if it says in the story, but when it when it hit the beach that time, do you, did did the uh, did, did it look normal at that time, or was it because of that? Do you think that that created this this weird form in in, in the in the blimp? Well, that it did say when it hit the beach, it actually hit a hill on the beach and that bent the propellers and did some other damage to it. Ah, uh, okay, so that could be why it, it had this weird look to it as it, it's this broken blimp flip, you know, floating into the city. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the the crew member was missing, officially listed as missing, and the U.S. Navy uh, launched a three-day search for them and found nothing. They didn't find a thing. So they're officially listed as missing, and that's what they told their wives. Which could you imagine? No, being told family member like, "Hey, they should be there by all accounts, but we we don't know where they are." No, not at all. It's like, what do you mean you don't know? Go search. Yeah, they were literally, yeah, they were just seen. So I think one of the theories was that while they were up in the air, um, were, it, theories. Hold what, your horses. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Here we go with the theories. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I promise. Because I want to hear what you're about to say. I wonder if it's, if I have this written down. Oh, too. it's probably the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so what makes this strange, besides the fact that two men were missing, what makes this really weird was this blimp was always being seen. It was seen the whole day, all the time. There were Actually, when they were doing a report on this, the Navy was, there were over 35 witnesses who came forward who reported seeing the blimp when it seemed fine. Mm-hmm. If One of the theories was, let's get into the theories now, one of the theories was, if let's say a Japanese sub had found it and attacked it, you would think that would have been seen. Yeah. And if the radio was working fine, why didn't they radio that they were being attacked or that something was up? That was True. the other weird thing. True. And well, I feel you like think that if it was attacked, they'd be able to to look at it and see that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To see some kind of damage on it. Yeah. Their their main thing that they were really confused about was why wasn't the radio used again after they said they spotted that oil slick? And why was it hanging out the? Out the door. Yeah. Navy's official, uh, when they officially closed the books on this, this is the quote that they gave. There was no fire, no submersion, and no misconduct, and no missiles struck the blimp. Right. So they don't know why. So they officially listed the men as dead a year later. They were legally declared dead there. So here, let's get into the theories, Chris. What was the one you were going to say? Oh, I was going to say one of the theories was at some point in their flight that there was some sort of technical malfunction, right, or something going on right outside. And I guess the way this guy was telling the story, uh, it's not odd for one or both pilots to actually leave this, what do you call that, the the cabin? Yeah, they call it the cabin. Like you can just leave the cabin and go outside of the vessel to work on or repair, do whatever you need to do. So the the thought is, is one did that. Uh, the other, and maybe something happened where, you know, maybe he came unhooked or, or some sort of where he was in danger and, and the other guy had to go try to help him and they ended up both falling into the ocean and just, you know, being lost at sea. Um, yeah, that that is one of the ones that I read too. Uh, that seems that, fairly plausible. That I latch mean, door that I talked about that Carter just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, it could have been faulty for all they know. Yeah. And one of the guys could have felt they were even just trying to look for a submarine when they were looking for one. Yeah. But the thing that blows his theory 
kind of makes this theory maybe not possible is again the radio wasn't used. Why didn't that guy radio in that one of his guys that the guy went overboard? Yeah, and called for help because there were other ships in the area. Unless it's like I said, one of the things like where where he he the other guy was out there working on something and then something happened where he was in danger of falling. So the other one went to try to save him, then they both went down. Yeah. Well, another one of the theories was they were actually captured by a Japanese sub, but I don't know how that would happen without anybody knowing or seeing it. Right. Yeah, another you board a blimp from a from a sub. Yeah. Another one is that they were actually spies for Japan. That's I heard that too. Spies. Yeah. Another theory was that maybe somebody had stowed away on board and took the guys out. Oh, I didn't or, hear that one. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to get to the other theory I heard because this one's kind of fun. This other theory that I think Carter would love is aliens abducted them. <laughs> yeah, I that's heard a that. real theory. That's I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. It's a real theory. It's been put out there. Hey, we're ta- We're also talking about uh, uh, just a few days later the Battle of L.A. happening. So. Yep. Well, okay. I, yeah, then that would. Hmm. And this case is actually, if you look it up now in the U.S. Navy, it's officially listed as 100% unknown. Undetermined is how they ended. They closed the book with that. Nice. Was that the? Was that all the theories you had? That's all the ones that I found. There was another one, but it sounded <laughs> way too complicated. <laughs> so here's one that I had that I I came across that they were um that these two men were involved in a love triangle, and one murdered the other, and the other got away. I did hear this. Yes, and the guy got away. I was actually going to ask Johnny if there was anything like that. The theory that I heard was a variation of that, Chris, was that the one of the guys, for whatever reason, they actually, actually didn't read Love Triangle, but one of the guys ended up killing the other guy and then just took off. Because he cheated him on his fantasy football league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, all three parachutes and stuff and the life raft were still on board. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's almost like you'd have to have it pre-planned. So you'd yeah. have to bring something extra with you or have somebody out there in the water to meet you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely would have to set it up. But, guys, that's the ghost blimp. I found this story like a month ago, and I can't believe I hadn't heard of it before. Oh, my God. I just heard about it when you told me a few days ago, and I, I can't believe I haven't heard of it before. This is There's like right kinds up. of weird stories like oh, this during, God. I during love World it. War II. Yeah. Yeah, but this was on, our, this was on, our, on American soil this happened. World War Two. So this was this was just a wild the battle story. of L.A. But that's yeah. That's I, I still don't understand how if you're if you, okay. So say you go up there and you're planning to kill the other guy. Right? Yeah. So you kill the other guy. How how do you do it in a in this blimp without leaving behind any evidence? I mean you 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 would you would have to sneak up on the guy, maybe chloroform him or something to incapacitate him without a struggle is, or something. Is it hard to what? is it hard to come up behind somebody and just snap their necks real quick like they do in the movies? You know what I mean? Just kind of reach up behind them well, and yeah. spot. Well, the, the easiest way would be just to push him out the struggle. The easiest thing would be just to push him out the cabin when he's not expecting it. Well, I was thinking uh hey, check can, can do me a favor, take a look there. Get the bim- yeah. those binoculars, grab them. Uh just lean over real quick. Is that a is that a Japanese sub right there? That a Japanese sub? Am I seeing right? And as he's leaning over, boom, push him right out the window. Well, the pro- but the problem with that is there's no guarantee of death. 
Uh, well, we're lost at sea. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to, well, yeah, but see, if I'm going to well, do it, I'm going to kill the guy before he goes in the water. <laughs> aren't the waters around San Francisco kind of rocky? Because isn't that where the, uh, oh gosh, what's that big jail? Alcatraz is? Yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah. No, the, no yeah. one, as far as they know, has survived. Uh, yeah, well, wink, wink, maybe. <laughs> wink, wink, yeah. nudge, yeah. nudge, future episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know I mm, my th- I I'm I'm probably of the thought that they are both lost at sea that it was an accident for and it's a sad thing that it happened but it's an accident. The, the, I want to believe alien abduction, but murder seems more likely. <laughs> uh, the the theory that I felt was more believable for me personally was one of them was that one of the guys, like you said, fell by accident into the water. And the other guy thought he could just get him real quick, and then for whatever reason, something happened and he fell. Hmm. So that was one of the theories that was thrown out there, and that one to me makes the most sense with everything that's happened. Because if you're falling into that water and that water's rocky in the first place, I mean it's the ocean. There's no guarantee you're going to be found again. True. And on top of that, that would uh, that would make why the the radio wasn't used again. He didn't right. have time to. He, he, both of them ended up falling into the water. The chutes weren't used. The radio wasn't used. There was nothing. Everything yeah. was basically left there. Um, yeah, and the only way to pull that off would be would be to say to do what what you guys were talking about and bring your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ahead of time. Yeah, and you could have panicked. I mean, what if you're you're on this mission with this guy? So obviously you've you know you you kind of know him, and he falls into the water. You panic and you want to save him as quick as you can too, and that could end up. You know, you don't think, you don't radio in that something's happening. You just go into action to try to save his life without really thinking things through. And then you put you both at, at risk. Yeah. I don't know, dude. This wouldn't be history creeps if we didn't say um, there's still a possibility that it could be aliens. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're a believer, you believe that stuff, you believe it's possible, you believe uh, Roswell was... Not a weather balloon. You believe the Battle of L.A. really was um, a spacecraft from another world. Who's to say that, you know, during this time when we looked like we were on the precipice of just destroying the human race off the face of the earth, that, you know, aliens weren't coming here trying to do whatever they could to distract us from that. You know what I mean? Well, even the U.S. Navy doesn't know what happened, so it's a possibility. Exactly. Which is one of those things that kind of, you know, you think about it and you go, okay, well, the, the U.S. Navy doesn't even have any – is it one of those things where they don't – you know, if it's a spy thing, are they would they tell us? That's another you know? thing, too. You could be right on that, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, but – That's true, though. I mean, no, you, I you, you, you bring up a good spies, point. would they admit it? Yeah. Do, yeah, exactly. Do they want – do they want egg on their face that – uh these guys yeah, got away yeah. with a lot of intelligence. However, I think what they said there was a a, a briefcase or a, a case of some sort of, of top secret stuff. Yeah, and that was, was still also there. found. It was still there. So uh, unless yeah. they just made copies, you know what I mean? When that all that radio silence. How long did they say? Three, four hours of radio silence. Yeah, they're yeah. just sitting there making copies of everything they need to make copies of or taking making pictures. Copies. <laughs> Remember they're using uh, those little um, – you see those spy, 1950s, 40s spy things with the little mini cameras? You know what I mean? Taking pictures of the yeah. documents. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. they're doing. They're just sitting That's I can a see, possibility, I too, see both man. of them cross-legged sitting there just you know, taking pictures, yeah. talking about how they're going to spend the money that they're about to make. It's possible, I guess. 
So I don't know, man. They, or it they, could be a combination of the two, man. What if they were spies and they had this big plan and then they fell out of the thing? Or what if they were what if they were spies for the aliens? <laughs> Here's your other one. How about their spies? They're about to make money on on these documents. One of them realizes I could make more money if it was just me. Yeah, there then you go. That's killed, a little classic then, problem there. Yeah, that he kills the guy and takes off, and that's how it happened. Yep. Well, listeners, it's up to you, man. You guys decide what you think happened. Go to the website, check it out. Um, check all kinds of stuff out on it, man. Those pictures are pretty cool. Look them up online. You can put in 1942 ghost blimp, and uh, Google show you some cool pictures of this this creepy thing coming into uh coming into the the ground yeah because tons of pictures were taken of this thing as it was as it was this was happening yeah, so. it's pretty sweet. Well, see, that's the other thing wouldn't you guys think that if, if if everybody was seeing this and there were all these reports if it was i'm not saying it was or that i believe it was but if it was a ufo somebody would have seen it true well i will, I will Russian, say japanese sub somebody would have seen at least a uh uh you know, an explosion from impact or, or, or something like that. You know, I will, it just I will say, I, I will say apparently the U S Navy did confiscate some pe- uh, people's p- pictures for whatever reason, I Ooh. guess for the investigation, but they did take some. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Zapruder. Zapruder the ghost much. There's a ghost blimp. Ghost blimp. Oh, I see the sagging you're talking about in the middle. Crazy cool, huh? It's like somebody popped a hole in it. Yeah, it's cool. Look at the picture of me. Look at the blimp. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Dude, that was an awesome, (laughs) awesome topic. Um, Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Tell them where they can find us on the socials. You can find me at Johnnyism28. That's where I put my art on Instagram. And also on Instagram, you can also find my other podcast, Richard Blist. That I do with my buddy Trevor. We talk about old school video games, and that podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as, as this very same network that you find this podcast on. And Retro Bliss is awesome, so you guys should check it out. Oh, yeah. I paid Carter five bucks to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was well spent. Carter, you got a new <laughs> yeah. book coming out, don't you? Uh, I do. Uh, hopefully, by the summer, um, you'll be able to purchase uh, Nightfall Book One and Nightfall Book Two, in oh, addition man. to my other titles, House on Dead Boy Lane. Meadowview Road and Spider's Web. Sweet, sweet. Uh, you have Facebook pages for those? Uh, I do not, as of now. Do you have an author Facebook page? No, but I need to get one. Get on it, man. Yeah, that's that's the easiest thing to do is to set up the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it'll take you like less than a minute. So you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you can link it all to the same one, so it's not like you have to log out, log back in, log out, log back in. Yeah, I hate doing that. You'd be good to go. All right, guys. Um, as Johnny said earlier, you can find that this podcast on our network, BICBP-radio.com. That's the website to find this podcast, Retro Blist, as well as my other podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, and a few other ones that are out there. Got a few new ones coming. I keep saying that. Haven't put them up yet, but they're coming. Stay patient if you're waiting. Um, you can find us on Instagram now. We have a uh, History Creeps Instagram, at History Creeps. Uh, finally got all the pictures up to date um, for our episodes. So when this episode drops, I'll be putting a new picture up to announce that this episode's on the air. Uh, what else do we have? We don't have a Twitter yet, do we? Do we need a Twitter? Is Twitter important for History Creeps, you think? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. I think we're good with a Facebook page. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, we also have Facebook, so head over to Facebook, History Creeps Podcast. We're on Facebook. Give us a like. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, comment, rate. Let us know basically how we're doing, what you think of the show. Guys, it was a good time. I agree. Yeah, it was. Go splimp and all. Try not to hit a Sasquatch on the way home. We just wrote a story. <laughs> for, <laughs> for Carter Johnson, Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.